Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to another City Smashing episode of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. This is episode 33, which is the first episode for May 2011. Sitting with me here in the studio is Heather Brask. Hello. Thanks for joining me here tonight. Uh, she's just going to hang out and uh, we'll do a little co-hosting with me while we talk about uh, some cool stuff. This episode, I'm going to be sharing what I hope is the long-awaited interview with the co-author of IDW Publishing's Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters, Eric Powell. I only have a few news items to talk about. We only have a few news items to talk about. I'm here too, Kyle. I know, I know. But I didn't write these show notes initially with you in mind. So uh, You should always write show notes with me in mind. Point taken. I'll follow that up with an in-depth look at uh, Wonder Northwest, which is happening this weekend. Woo-hoo. I know. I'm super psyched. More on that in a little while because it looks like the tubes on the KaijuCast jukebox have warmed up. Heather, did you know that this year is the 50th anniversary of the first Mothra film? I did know that. So because of that, we're going to play Tokyo Tower and Mothra from Yuji Koseki.
just heard Tokyo Tower and Mothra by Yuji Kosaki, which is from the original 1961 Mothra film. I followed that up with the main titles from Atragon, otherwise known as Kaite Gunkin, from uh, Akira Ifukube. And then the last song I played was uh, Thunder and the Devil, which some people will uh, recognize from King Kong vs. Godzilla originally, but this was on the Godzilla acapella CD. So way back in November, when I hosted Geek Trivia here in Portland, I was talking about the IDW announcement of Eric Powell working on the Godzilla title, and the organizer of the Stumptown Comics Fest shouted out that Powell was actually going to be coming to the show in 2011. Ever since that night, it had really always, I'd always had it in the back of my head uh, that if I were to make a list, Eric Powell's The Goon would no doubt break into that list of top 10 comics. Uh, thanks to Indigo and Mary Suzanne Lampkins, I was able to sit down with Eric and talk about where the book was going and his love for the biggest star in the world, Godzilla. All right, so I am sitting here with Mr. Eric Powell. Eric is uh, the author of The Goon. Also, as many people know who listen to the show, the author of the brand new Godzilla series, Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters. Eric, thanks for joining me here. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So uh, tell me a little bit about your history in comics. How did you get how did you get started in the industry? Well, I did a lot of uh, small press, independent uh, stuff in the middle to early '90s, and uh, kind of worked my way up and doing some odd jobs here and there for Dark Horse, and did some inking for Marvel. And uh, at that point, my career kind of started to dry up, and uh, I, I just had a fe- I felt like. Uh, I wasn't being able to show my potential, so I decided to borrow some money and uh, and put the goon out there to kind of uh, just do a book I wanted to do and and play to my strengths. Cool, very cool. How long have you been doing the goon? It's been, I think, we may be going on the twelfth 
year. Yeah, we had we had a 10th anniversary party. I'm trying to remember if it, remember if it was last year or the year before. I think it was the year before. Um, so we it, it'll be going on 12 years, I think, that the first issue of The Goon came out. Of course, there were gaps. Right, right. Um, there were three issues that came out from a small publisher. Uh, then I self-published a few issues, and then it eventually moved to Dark Horse. All right. So when did it get to Dark Horse? When did you? When were you able to take that to those guys? Uh, I was self-publishing, and uh, my editor, who I'd worked with on uh, a few projects at Dark Horse, uh, told me that a lot of people in the office were reading The Goon, and they were all kind of going, why aren't we publishing this? So he went in and put a copy on Mike Richardson's desk, and Mike said, yeah, I want to do this book. So that's pretty much how it came about. I haven't read all of the stuff that you've done for The Goon, but my mm-hmm. favorite story so far is uh, Lagarto. Lagarto Ombre, Ombre yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody lo- seems to love that one. Well, you know, being a huge Godzilla fan that I am, yeah. that's a huge homage to it was. Godzilla, that King was Kong, obviously. Totally, totally my homage to, the, to, to King, uh, King Kong and Godzilla, yeah. So you're obviously a Godzilla fan. Mm-hmm. So, like, tell me, tell me a little bit about your history with Godzilla. Like, did you watch Godzilla growing up on local yeah. TV? Yes, uh, I grew up um, on Sunday Sunday afternoons. Uh, the the local uh, channel would play either the old black and white Tarzan films or Godzilla. Right. It just seems like they would switch off. Either one of those they would play, and I was addicted. I I just I loved Godzilla. Um, my my favorite toy ever that I had was the um, Shogun Warriors Godzilla figure, right on, and it yeah. was as big as I was, and I loved. I I would carry it around by the neck, and I just I so loved that toy. And a friend of mine, when I started writing this new Godzilla series, actually found one and bought it for me to replace the one I was missing. It was like I don't know. I thought I was going to cry. <laughs> I was like, well, you obviously, yeah, I mean, you you put that homage to the to the commercial, right? Into the into the first issue of Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters with yeah, the, the yeah, kids yeah. on the beach, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I noticed that at least. <laughs> well, that was also I was trying to um I have a horrible horrible memory for names, so you might have to help me uh retrace it. But is it is it Godzilla's Revenge, the one with the little kid who talks to the baby Godzilla? Yes. The yes. really goofy one that yeah. really no one likes. Um, I was trying to do uh, more of a, a setup. It got it got peeled back a little bit. It got toned down a little bit. But I was really trying to be like, yeah, here's the goofy kid, and he gets eat, you know. <laughs> so, but we had to tone it down a little bit. Didn't oh, so really get that across. Did you have to tone it down for like just to fit it into the story, or like time, like page? No, just content wise. Content wise. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Godzilla movie from either being a kid or? these days uh when i was a kid they all melded together into one there was no there was no like uh you know different godzilla movie they were just it was just the same movie i was just apparently watching it at different points yeah because it was like yeah they have every single monster and it's all you know um but you know as i've gotten older i really appreciate the first film the most Okay. Kajira and cool. uh, I love what they did with actually the, some of the newer films because it's just kind of cool to see the the craftsmanship seems you know just as it does in film and just gets kicked up a little bit definitely and I definitely. liked watching the new films but uh, the first one I just love the the tone and 
it's got a bleaker tone than the rest of the oh, movies. Yeah. So. I, I say it's like the the most one of the most somber films I've ever seen. Is yeah. the original Godzilla film. Yeah. How did you get involved with IDW? Bef- you know, were you involved with them before they announced the series? No, I'd actually never never worked for them before. Uh, Chris Ryle just out of the blue contacted me and said, "Hey, uh, you know, we're we're getting the the rights to Godzilla, but not only Godzilla, but." a lot of the Toho monsters and you wouldn't be interested in writing something, would you? You know, like a mini series or ongoing series or something. And I've had experiences with dealing with licensed properties and and other properties owned by a publisher before. And they don't give you a lot of wiggle room to be creative. They I've had people literally say, Hey, do you want to write this book? Here's your outline. So oh. it's like, so basically you just want me to put some dialogue to your story, you know? Yeah. So I, I did not have high hopes that I would end up taking this job. I thought I'd probably turn it down. But I told him, well, let me think about it. And I was sitting in my office working on uh, some pages for something. And I thought to myself, okay, in every Godzilla movie, monsters show up, monsters smash some stuff, monsters fight, monsters go away. And how do you turn that into a continuing story? I think that's maybe some of the problem with you know trying to just do it as a comic and and keep it get people really interested in it and then i got an idea <laughs> and i was like okay this this could really work this could be interesting and i wrote it down in a pitch and i was like all right I, the moment they say no i'm just going to walk because this is my one idea and if i can't do this there's no point in me trying so i sent it in and idw loved it and they said, well, we still have to get it approved by Toho. And they sent it along, and I'm expecting, no, they're going to say no. But no, they said yes, and I kind of, some miraculous way, fell into writing this, an ongoing Godzilla book. So. Dude, I think it's great that the, that the series is ongoing. It's not just a mini-series. It's not yeah. just something that shows up as a blip on the radar. And I know that, uh, I mean, I don't know if you've, if you've paid attention to any of the fans uh, but I know a whole bunch of people who have just been, like, clawing to get this book, and they're really excited about it. Well, good. And to anybody listening, I, I if I, I don't read reviews and stuff like that. I think it's counterproductive because you know, you can get you can read a hundred good reviews and you can read one bad review and it'll devastate you. Totally, you know? totally. Um, so, I, but I, I have heard a couple of people just come up to me at conventions and stuff, go like, "Yeah, it was great." You know, it was kind of you know what we expected. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they, it's kind of set up. Monster shows up. He's destroying stuff. The military's called in, whatever. Um, but you have to understand, I had 22 pages to to to. We're setting something up. So Definitely. I promise you, if you you guys just follow this a little bit, it gets really messed up. Awesome. <laughs> it, it gets really crazy. So so far, we've seen Godzilla in the first issue. It has been announced that Rodan and Angulus are showing up in the second one. Mm-hmm. I know that there are a whole roster of monsters that IDW has available to them. Are there any specifically that you're looking forward to using? I think uh, personally, if I just had to pick a few and I couldn't use the rest, it would be Godzilla, Rodan, and uh, King Ghidorah. Nice. So. Are you a fan of any of the newer monsters that have come out? Like, uh, like I think Space Godzilla is on the list and, yeah. and Batra. Yeah, I mean, I love all that stuff. All of it has some kind of merit, even no matter how crazy it is. You know, it's like that's kind of what gives it merit. It's so, you know, like just out there and giant monster smash and stuff. Just I don't think it gets much better than that. <laughs> you know, I totally agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my DVD collection just reflects that very yeah. much. 
So did you have any input into that list at all, or was that just all no, done it was, at IDW? No, uh, they came to me with the list and said, here's what you have to work with. Yeah. Do you know if there's anything out there? I mean, I know that you have, uh, you're kind of, I mean, in a sense, you're kind of working on the, the project, I mean, indefinitely in quotation marks, Yeah. as, it, as in it's not a miniseries for the mm-hmm. listeners out there. Um, is there anything that you kind of wish was on that list? Any any monsters that aren't there? Because I know a lot of the older ones. Are well, there. I think I think the dream thing, the dream project for or dream combination for someone who likes giant monster movies, I would love to do Godzilla versus Gamera. Oh, of course, everybody <laughs> wants to see that. Yeah, everybody wants to see that, except for Toho. <laughs> yeah, except for Toho, apparently. Right why on. have why hasn't that movie been made? That's what I want to know. You know, they keep they keep talking about it. They keep saying uh I think last time it was uh the company who runs Gamera Dae or Kitakawa, they actually had a press release saying that they were gonna do it and everybody got all excited for like two days. Yeah. And then Toho said, No, we're no. not doing that. They should not have said that. Nah. Uh so the second issue comes out in a couple of weeks, uh and I as I know, and I think they announced at the IDW panel, things are gonna start happening worldwide now. So mm-hmm. it's not just gonna be just in Tokyo and Japan, it's gonna start happening all across the world. Yeah. Was that the catalyst for uh for the name Godzilla Monster World, the original title of the series? Yeah, I mean we like I said, it, it's trying to make something that's very formulaic and as much as i love godzilla you have to admit it's very formulaic absolutely um trying to make something that's completely formulaic and episodic turn that into something that you can stretch out over several issues and part of that not the major part but part of that is making it a global you know pandemic they're very conscious to to stretch it out and not have it localized yeah what's the next big country that's getting attacked Oh, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you the rundown for the first few monsters. All right, yeah, let's do it. Um, Mexico, uh, Russia, France, people, and and it just it just circulates around. No one no one is in a good place. Yeah. <laughs> so it's literally, I mean, everything is happening across the world, and everybody. Yeah. Is that is a, I guess one of the questions I had. You're sort of diving into like some political commentary. Mm-hmm. In, in the first two issues. Is that something we're going to continue to see or are, are people going to be able to use the, not people, but the characters in the in the comics, the human characters, are they going to be able to use this basically worldwide disaster to sort of band together? And well, <laughs> if get, you've get, ever read, a, if yeah. you've ever read any of my work, you, you, you should probably know it's rather bleak. Um, and I'm not really changing that for Godzilla. I, I do um, like how <laughs> there is more... <laughs> I will say that, like, from what I've read, it seems you have a much more realistic attitude than sort of uh, like uh, like Independence Day, where like everybody says like, "Yeah, we're gonna get together." Well, and, all you have to do is look at the Avery. news and see how capable yeah. our societies are now of handling. And that's the that is the direct uh, comparison I'm trying to make. Uh, the monsters are the Katrina hurricane they are the you know the bp oil spill right and the human race is trying to it's just exactly the way they handled those situations which was they can't they're they're inept so they're inept to handle these giant monsters i know you're working on the book now do you have a definite plan like that says i'm taking it from this point to this point and have it uh is your end game sort of uh, I don't really have one. Okay, see that's good. Yeah. That's that's, I don't that's have sort of the question game. I was trying to ask is like do you have an end game for this but that's and I, uh, you know, an exit strategy. <laughs> no. 
there's no exit strategy because it's just I'm, I don't want to give too much away. But like I said, I, my thought was to how do I make this ongoing, and in part, in, in partially in making that ongoing, it's like how do you end that? I don't know. Right. It just goes on and on. You know. So so you're in for the long haul with this book. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. When you write a comic like Godzilla, does the subject matter flow any easier for you than it does for like your established character, the goon? Uh, no, I think it really depends on the story. If you have a clear-cut idea in your mind or something you're really passionate about, it just flows right out. If you don't necessarily have the idea really fleshed out in your mind, that's when it becomes you're kind of pulling teeth and making it, you know, trying to having to force it. But with the Godzilla stuff, the last few issues, it's been... It goes real fast. It's it's we have uh, we have some ideas. We're really the hard part is trying to get all the ideas in that we have. Uh, right. Just trying to shoehorn them in there because you are we're dealing with a big cast of monsters and we've only got you know we're up to issue four that we've written and you know we have a handful of monsters in there but you're still bouncing all over the place and doing all these things and trying to put some uh, you know drama and social commentary into the story too and. So it's it's trying to just fit in all your ideas. That's that's been the problem. Right. Well, I, I like how it's working so far, very much. And uh, I've been urging everybody to if you if you were to if you were to just zip through my episodes for like the past like this this whole year so far, it's mm-hmm. like every episode I tell people, okay. By the way, the next comic, the code for di- uh, previews <laughs> is this, and it'll be out on this day. And yeah, awesome. I'm I'm really into it. So before uh, I'd sort of touched on this a, a little bit, how far out have you written Godzilla now? I mean, are you? Would you say that you have the next five issues done, the next six issues, twenty issues? Well, uh, Tracy, the my co-writer and I, we have, um, I would say, plotted out. We probably have two years of material oh, awesome. plotted. I mean, not written; those aren't finished scripts. But uh, we're on. We're writing issue five right now. Okay, so I don't know much about Tracy Marsh. Can you pull me in a little bit? <laughs> Nobody about does because yeah. she came out of nowhere. She uh, is a friend of mine who is a journalism major. Uh, I had her uh, do some interviews for my website a few times and um, I wanted to do this uh, a book about roller derby uh, but I didn't have the time to, to write it myself um, so I asked her if, if we could co-write it, if could help move things along and we started working on that and it just went amazingly well she's she's really smart really witty us working together just just went incredibly well I was really kind of surprised I mean I didn't think we would butt heads on anything but the sensibilities we have are kind of the same and and uh, putting this book the the roller derby book together it just you know really flowed well very cool and Chris at IDW actually asked me, said, hey, would you be interested in, you know, maybe co-writing this with somebody? Because I had this clear-cut idea in mind, I didn't want to to bring in someone. I would feel really weird telling an established writer, no, we're going to do it like this. Right. Because it's just kind of disrespectful to someone who's kind of already been working in the business. But I was felt really strongly about the way the story should be done. So, so And in order to keep to maintain the the goon I felt I really did need someone to co-write it with me and because the roller derby book was going so well I asked Tracy and so we sat down and plotted some stuff out and once we started plotting some stuff out I realized yeah 
because she brings a different perspective than mine. I'm the hardcore Godzilla fan, and you know, while, while knowing Godzilla, she's not as steeped in it as I am. Right, right. And she's uh, has more of a knowledge of pop culture reference and stuff like that. Okay. So it brings a different perspective to it, and it's really working out well. That's awesome. You've got a dynamic duo of yeah. Daikaiju <laughs> going there. That's that's pretty rad. So uh, before wrapping this up here, I, I basically just kind of wanted to ask, I, I know the goon is coming back after a little mm-hmm. hiatus. Do you want to talk about the new issues coming out at the end of June, right? Yeah, I think uh, issue 34 comes out at the end of June, and we're going back to the bi-monthly schedule after that. So it's going to be out on a regular basis again. And uh, I kind of refocused myself on my art uh, this year and really wanted to focus on quality over quantity i i just been trying to put a lot of effort in it and i think it shows i mean i'm i'm very i'm my own worst critic i'm critical of everything i do i think everything i do sucks but the stuff i've been doing lately i mean it doesn't suck so bad very you cool. know <laughs> so very cool. yeah that's a great outlook to have on your yeah. your own stuff if you can look at it and, and you know be okay with it yeah, yeah. and right the on. stuff i'm doing this this year i'm, I'm really happy with it and I, I can't wait for people to see it and i hope i hope they have the same reaction like I want, you know, hey, I think you're doing the best stuff you've ever done, that kind of thing, you know. So speaking of the goon and stuff that's sort of in the works, do you want, is there anything to, to report or do you want to talk about that, uh, the video from last year's San Diego Comic-Con? Is anything happening with that? Yeah, they're, uh, Fincher, Blur, and Dark Horse Entertainment, they're still in the meeting studios trying to get the money process, you know. I, I stay out of that stuff as much as possible probably a good idea yeah (laughs) i mean i'm i I try to stay in the loop with the uh the creative stuff and they keep me in the loop with the creative stuff but as far as dealing with studios and everything like that i don't want any part of that yeah so i Um, mean is it i don't want to say a sure thing or a done deal but i mean gears are moving and the we're gonna see uh, something for the goon it's definitely not a it's definitely not a done deal okay so they're still looking for an outlet still we still need a home we still need a studio Everything is in place. If we have just someone go, yes, we're going to do it, everything's set to go. Right. We could start, you know, storyboarding and stuff tomorrow. So, Well, I, I, I'm sure you've heard this a million times with that uh, that little visualization trailer or whatever you wanted to call mm-hmm. it. I, I was blown away by that, and it just made me salivate for more goon stuff. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I want to see the thing get made. That's pretty much all I got for you. Thank you very much for hanging out and talking to me. Uh, Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. So clearly that was recorded before issue two came out. uh, With issue three is actually just weeks away. Just a few weeks away. Um, I'm definitely going to be picking up um, all of the different versions, of course. Every single cover. (laughs) Because I'm obsessed. And uh, I don't know. I I really like having all the different versions. But it does look like Eric Powell's sense of humor and his sensibilities are here to stay. And he's in it for the long haul. Um, He's definitely not planning on giving up giving the keys away or giving up the reins to the comic for a while. But it was interesting to hear him talk about... uh, I now have an image of him riding Godzilla. That would be awesome. You just planted that in my head. That's actually, just to get completely off topic, that is a... um, a sketch idea that I have for somebody like Terry Dodson or Adam Hughes, if I ever had the cash to do it, mm. it would be Tank Girl riding on top <gasps> of Godzilla. Shut the front door, Kyle. I uh, know. Well, I can't 
go that route. Can probably. we go halvesies on that and like we, have it on alternate weekends? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, anyway, um, so after a while, we did sit around and talk a little bit about uh, about the fan reactions, and uh, you know, it just really seems like he's he's really into doing it. He might not be like what you would consider the biggest Godzilla fan out there. And the good news for anybody that is not a fan of his writing is that IDW has all these mini series sort of planned out and the first one of those is going to be gangsters and goliaths which comes out in june i think uh instead of going right into the news heather you had a good idea why thank you <laughs> we should uh we should do this this um this thing that i've been teasing for a little while if i had a drum roll i'd do it now yeah just imagine a drum roll in your head people so i've been sort of teasing uh a potential contest here for the past five or so months. And uh, I am happy to announce that the very first contest of the Kaiju Cast is upon us. I happen to have five copies of the exclusive. Bridge City Comics exclusive Godzilla Foot Crushing the Store issue of uh, Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters. Which I believe you touched upon touched upon this when the when the first issue was coming out, what the the foot crushing yes how it's stores had to exclusively request and yeah so it exactly if you know about this if you don't know about the comic promotion idw offered the chance for retailers around the world maybe at least in the states and and north america i should say because i'm pretty sure one of there one of those guys is from canada a so uh they could get their store crushed by godzilla's foot and the Foot was drawn by Matt Frank, a longtime Godzilla fan who I am hoping to have on the show sometime soon. Uh, also, uh, I think at one point I said, I can't imagine that anybody in Portland is going to do that because we have like 10 comic shops in the area. And it's not, not like, so. yeah, it's not like you, everybody's going to sell 500 copies of Godzilla issue one. But Mike Ring from Bridge City Comics. Awesome, awesome, awesome store and an awesome person. Mike Ring from Bridge City Comics did put that order in and he was able to get his store crushed by Godzilla. He's got a really cool print framed up on his wall of uh, like a larger size version of the comic book cover. And I just nodded, which also <laughs> doesn't really Heather, work on the podcast. Heather agrees. <laughs> so Mike donated five copies of Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters and issue one to be given away as prizes here on the Kaiju cast. And because Eric Powell came to Portland and because I was able to interview Phil Hester, these five comics are all signed by both Eric Powell and Phil Hester right on the cover. I'll take a picture of it and uh, we'll post it in the show notes so you can see what you're winning. But basically, uh, you know, they're just a comic book and it's one, one person each. I've only got five. So the first five people to email me with the subject in the email of Godzilla versus Bridge City, make sure you include your name and mailing address, which literally is only going to be used uh, as a place for me to send the winning comics. I'm not creating some sort of marketing scheme here. Those first five people that email me meeting those criterias will win their signed copies of Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters. I will announce the winners probably on Facebook because I won't have another blog post. I'll probably I'll probably post something on the blog as well. Good luck, everybody. I think that before we roll into the news, we're going to take a little break and play another track. And for some reason, I don't uh, 
I don't have my notes here telling me what song I'm going to play. Future Kyle popping back in time to say uh, bad past Kyle for not having all your show notes done in time. The song you are about to hear is called Godzilla to Yuraka Chow. It's by Rejiro Kuroku from Godzilla Returns, which is, of course, the Daikaiju discussion movie for this month. I'll see you guys later. United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. So we don't have much in the way of news this month, but what we do have is pretty cool, in my opinion. I'm going to start off with uh, talking about something that August Ragoni posted on Facebook. This is mine. <laughs> We're pointing at each other. <laughs> We totally planned this all. Was- there's, there's too much from August, I guess. This, this month is the, the theme here. So August posted an amazing video on Facebook of an Ultra Q press release 
to our press function where uh, Subaraya announced the Blu-ray and DVD versions of the colorized Ultra Q series. If you've been listening to the show since like April of last year, you've probably heard the episode where we were at WonderCon last year and August talked about this particular thing, about them colorizing it, and uh, it is finally happening. Now, unfortunately, there aren't any plans for English subtitles that I know of, but I've got my fingers crossed that this classic Japanese television show will eventually make it to the English-speaking market. In other August news, August announced this week on his blog that Shout Factory's Mystery Science Theater 3000 box set is going to be released on August 2nd. It's the month, not him. In addition to the five Lampoon Gamera films, the box set will also contain the original KTMA TV versions and a bevy of special features, including a featurette called Gamera Obscura, A Brief History by none other than August himself. So I know there are a lot of uh, a lot of you out there kind of hoping that I would attend G-Fest this year. Unfortunately, this is not the case. Kyle being one of those people hoping. Uh, yeah. I was hoping, actually. Actually, I think initially what I had said is I'm not going to G-Fest because I'm going to San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, as things are, I might not even get to go to San Diego Comic-Con. It's all about money right now. And for me, airfare to G-Fest is just too expensive. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to go, especially because I just got to look at their lineup this year and the special effects wizard that worked on the 90s Gamera films is going to be one of the guests. Shinji Higuchi, who is sort of like a demigod as far as I'm concerned. This guy basically revolutionized or re-revolutionized, I don't know if you could say that, the uh, Daikaiju Iega. Uh, He's going to be there along with Hiroyuki Watanabe, Hiroshi Sagai, Robert Scott Field, and also, surprise, August is going to be there too. Let's talk about August. (laughs) A little bit more. Let's just bring him Uh, up. They will also be showing the original 1961 Mothra, Gamera Super Monster, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla from 1993. I think they might have a couple more movies or maybe one more movie. All of this info is available on the G-Fan website, and I will, of course, have a link in the show notes to that. Sci-Fi Japan has featured an article about a website called Goohead.com, which the first that we've heard of of said website, but checking it out, um, they showcase Japanese movies and television shows, and right now the site has 11 Gamera films in addition to some 70s Japanese television shows, Super Robot Red Baron, Iron King, and Fight Dragon. There will be a link, of course, in the show notes to the article and to the website Goohead.com. And there you have it. I think that's all the news, right? That's all we got. So now what we want to talk about is some local events. There's this super mega happy fun ball awesome thing going on this weekend called Wonder Northwest. Uh, Wonder Northwest is organized by a good friend of the Kaiju cast. <laughs> Heather's like distracting me. Uh, I'm Vanna White to this uh, to this. A good friend of the Kaiju cast, Billy Galaxy, uh, who has a local vintage toy store called Billy Galaxy. And is he sort of looked at what was happening here in Portland. And I think I've said this before. No offense to the Portland comic book show, which is all fun and good. It is. It's it's a lovely little show. And I enjoy going to it every year. Keyword little. Yes. Or maybe the little show. Anyway, Billy decided, along with, you know, some other people as well had sort of gotten an idea in their heads that that we in Portland should have something better, something bigger and something more fun. More inclusive, more Exactly. Uh, there's a there's a large geek contingency here and the Portland Comic Book Show really 
doesn't showcase all that Portland has to offer in the geek world. Right. So this is not just a comic book show. Ew. It has all sorts of school, cool stuff going on. Uh, there are a lot of a fair amount of guests, especially for being, I think, for being the first year. It's a definitely respectable amount of guests. Uh, aside from one of my favorite artists and comic creators, Tim Seeley. just Seeley. all around cool guy. Cool dude. Totally cool dude. Digs his He-Man stuff. Tim Seeley is going to be there along with uh, Craig Thompson. Craig Thompson published a book called Blankets, which um, unfortunately I haven't read yet, but I'm interested in checking it out. There's a guy named Kurt Halsey who's going to be there. We were just talking about him earlier. He has uh, some really interesting uh, drawing and painting that he does that has uh, he's been doing for like the past 10 years that is in the vein of uh, newspaper comics. And it's they describe it as sitting somewhere in between cartoons, comics, fine art, and personal diaries. Definitely want to check that out. Sounds really exciting. Yeah. And then uh, Paul Guinan and Anina Bennett. This is the creative duo behind Boilerplate, which is kind of, I don't want to say steampunky because it's not, it's definitely not steampunk. Paul made that very clear to me that Boilerplate is not steampunk, but they call him History's Mechanical Marvel. And if you take a look at their website, uh, which I'll have a link to in the show notes, you'll see that what he's tried to do is uh, Paul has created this character named Boilerplate and sort of inserted him into history. And he has this whole really cool history about how Boilerplate came about and uh, when you know what he was used for and wars and across the world and then it's he sort disappeared. Of a, sort of an alternate history yeah. type of, you know, if you're, if you're familiar with the genre there and... Yeah, but uh, uh, so they're going to be there and I think they're going to have some cool, uh, like a... Not a life-size boiler plate. Well, they always have the life-size standee. The standee, which, but they're going to have a, a little tabletop. Yeah, like an actual metal, metal figure of yeah. a boiler plate. Uh, also, I'm excited. Sounds adorable. Rick Emerson. Who is, of course, a... I say of course because naturally you all know who he is. A radio and television broadcaster here in Portland, Oregon. And he's the host of the Rick Emerson Show, which is now a podcast now a podcast yeah that's that's what so I'm he has two for. podcasts he has two podcasts yes legion of news legion of news and, and the rick emerson show and he also has just released a book which uh justin and i just picked up actually yesterday oh cool and are uh, very much so looking forward to reading and getting him to sign this weekend called uh, Zombie Economics. But it is a uh, sort of apocalyptic view of personal finance. And I heard him talk about that on uh, the Court and Fat Boy show, yes. actually. It sounds interesting. Yeah. It, you know, the big, uh, I think a big, a big point of it is that it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not funny because the last thing you want, I think this is close to something that he said i'm not going to say it's a quote but uh the last thing that you want when you're in dire circumstances with your finances is someone trying to throw some slapstick or uh you know funny little gags at you with uh you know money related money related humor because money's not that funny when you don't have a lot of it True. So, and also a guy named Gus Lopez is going to be at the show. If you are familiar with ToysRGus.com, Gus is like one of the more well-known Star Wars collectors. And he's uh, actually gone on several trips to Star Wars filming locations and actually picked up some really unique 
props that were left behind. Like he's one of the first people I ever heard of going to Tunisia where they shot Tatooine. And I'm pretty sure he found some moisture evaporators or something like that. Like uh, in, Just hanging out? Well, I think like in a, a local town or something like that out there. Anyway, I am looking forward to seeing him talk about that stuff. There's going to be a guy named Andy Mangles who's going to be at the show. Andy, um, and I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, uh, Andy is the guy who runs Wonder Woman Day here in Portland. Um, there's another Wonder Woman Day that takes place, I think, in New Jersey as well. Uh, Andy is really well known in the comics industry. He has a huge, huge list of of books and uh, I think even movies that he's worked on. And he's going to be talking about gays and comics in Portland as well. And for anyone else who likes Star Wars, there's going to be a guy named Scott Kirkwood at the show. And he is going to be telling you everything you never wanted to know about the Star Wars holiday special. In addition to the special guests, they have all sorts of vendors who are going to be there and a whole bunch of podcasters including yes. myself and justin and ian are going to be there and the going last podcast. in uh yeah exactly in podcast alley and they're gonna have an artist alley and they're gonna have a gaming room i believe yes which i think justin and ian are gonna help organize I, some yes, stuff there and there is a gaming schedule because they have games running throughout the in- entire weekend so if you wanted to do you know nothing but game for the entire time you could but then you'd miss out on all the panels that are happening uh i'm not going to go through every single panel but there's going to be if you guys have heard me talk about the pgc3 which is the portland geek council of commerce and culture they're going to be talking about geek stuff going on and how to join and all sorts of cool things what they is and what they do yeah and actually we just went to a meeting tonight of the pgc3 and uh, heather got to see firsthand the insanely cool people that are part of the pgc3 it was my first time. <laughs> uh, and also, you're not going to want to miss 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Ooh, what's that? Godzilla A Go Go, where uh, Kaiju Cast host Kyle Yount just kind of gives. I'm, it's it's weird. I wanted to do like Godzilla 101, but there's absolutely no way I could go over every single Godzilla movie <laughs> in depth with with interesting well. information. You could, but it would take the entire weekend to right. do so. Right. I, I only have if 45 anyone, minutes. Yeah, if anyone yeah. could, you could. Don't make it sound like you couldn't do Godzilla 101. I'm talking about a, a span of 45 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's different. So uh, basically, I'm going to be you going probably through. probably teach a college course. We'll see. What's immediately after that? Why? Immediately after that, you have Kneel Before Pod. Kneel Before Pod. Which would be hosted by Rick Emerson, who we, of course, touched on before. Yes. But that is going to be a panel of relevant local podcasters to talk about what else? Podcasting. Yeah. And I'm actually going to be on that as well. He's everywhere. <laughs> I'm everywhere on Sunday. <laughs> and and then, uh, then later on, I know that there's going to be another one that I'm on. But there's going to be, you know, like a pirate one. And uh, then there's, uh, oh, yeah. The pirate panel is going to be called Pirates Fact and Fiction, and PDXR is going to be involved about that. Additionally, I'm going to be on the Geeking Back to the Community panel, which is sort of kind of what I did up at uh, Emerald City Comic Con for that panel. I'll be there as a member of the 501st. In addition to all the panels, there are also some other things going on, including a rock band room where people are going to be playing rock band with MC Destructo. Yes, 
And that's Saturday. That is Saturday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Then on Sunday, there is a fashion show. The Lolita Fashion Show. Lolita Fashion Show, as in uh, Japanese street fashion. Exactly. Followed followed directly by the costume contest, uh, which if you've ever attended a con, they're they're often they're often our costume contest. So I'm excited to see what what the locals come out with because Definitely. we've got a lot of good costumers in in the in the area. Yeah, I think that's going to be a little I mean it's going to be a lot lower key. This is not a huge convention. This no. is Billy's first time doing it and so it's in a hotel. It's in the Crown Plaza Hotel. It's a uh, starting out small and hopefully I'm hoping there's going to be a lot of people there attending so this can get bigger next year and better next year and then following the costume contest these all seem to sort of lead into each other following the costume contest we have the cosplay karaoke which is uh, essentially just karaokeing your heart out dressed as whatever character you may choose to be and I gotta say I am kind of tempted to bring my clone trooper costume and sing a tenacious D song ooh I don't know if they're going to have Tenacious D, but I think the people who are running it are like sort of geeky karaoke people. So they have like a a good collection. And that's, you know, that's what you can expect at Wonder Northwest this weekend. Uh, If you're anywhere near the area, if you're in Seattle or if you're in Portland, of course, I really hope you can go. Um, I'm going to be there all weekend long. As am I. So is Heather. A bunch of the Kaiju Cast crew is going to be wandering around. I know Martin's going to be shooting some video and Jeff's going to be there as an attendee with his kid. But yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And I really want to see a lot of people there. I really want to see this become a successful... Ongoing event. Yeah, like a, a big success for Billy so that he says, you know what, let's do this again next year and let's make it awesome. More so. Yeah, so that pretty much does it. I wanted to uh, close out the show now, but I want to thank Heather for sitting here with me and uh, laughing it up while Always we a pleasure. were off on and off air, so to speak. And uh, of course, of course, of course, yes, we will definitely be off air for some of that stuff. Lots of editing to do on this show. Eric Powell, thank you very much for sitting down with me at Stumptown. Really, really appreciate the talk. And I hope this comic continues to entertain me as well as many others. Uh, Thanks again, of course, to Mary Suzanne and Indigo from the Stumptown Comics Fest for setting that up. Thanks to Mike from Bridge City Comics. Definitely. Because without without him, we probably would not have this contest. Don't forget, if you want to enter the contest, the first five people to email me with the subject... Godzilla versus Bridge City. Yes. Email controller at kaijucast.com with the subject line of Godzilla versus Bridge City and include your name and mailing address in that email. First five people, boom, you win. As always, if you found the podcast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and you want to check out the show notes, the list of Daikaiju discussion movies, vote in the polls, or just check out every single episode ever, because for some reason iTunes only has the last 12 or something like that, uh, just point your web browsers to kaijucast.com and uh, you can pretty much see everything I've done right there. And if it's not on there, there's a really good chance it's on the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash KaijuCast. Become a fan or a friend or whatever they say now. Like it. I can't remember. Uh, also, whatever the kids are calling whatever it these days. Kids, those kids and their Twitters and the Facebooks. Uh, we are on Twitter. KaijuCast is on Twitter and I am trying to use it more. Trying yes. to uh, use some 
more um, original stuff. We will probably be live tweeting yeah. during the next Daikaiju Discussion movie, which again is Godzilla 1985. If I didn't say this before, we're probably going to try and do a double feature for us where, where we will start with the Japanese version and then we'll move on and watch the American version immediately afterwards. You could tweet along with us. We're going to see if we can't sync this up. Yeah, so I think what I'll do is I will actually, on the night we do it, a couple days before, I will say, okay, we're doing this on this night and then uh, at this time. And if you guys want to join in the fun, watch along with us. Watch along with us if you want. But we're also going to be using hashtag which is Kaiju Live Tweets. It should be a lot of fun. Now, this movie is a little more serious than oh. the other ones, so not nearly as jovial as uh, what happened during Yongari and <laughs> Monster of the Deep, but it's going to be fun all the same. I, I did the Kaiju Live Tweets while I was watching Mothra versus Godzilla, and it was a lot of fun. I had a couple people actually sort of joined in and checked it out, and I retweeted some folk. Totally got off track. If you want to take part in the Daikaiju discussions, though, make sure you send an email to controller at kaijucast.com. I think I'm going to start asking people to write Daikaiju discussion in their subject line so I can very easily find it. I don't ever want to lose anybody's email in the shuffle when it's time to compile everything. So, yes, send an email to controller at kaijucast.com with your thoughts, questions, and reviews for Godzilla 1985, otherwise known as Godzilla Returns, before the last week of the month. That's when we're going to be watching it, and uh, I will include it in the show. So before we actually shut this all down, I'm going to leave you with the last track, the ending titles, to Gamera 3. The Revenge of Iris or Gamera 3 Incomplete Struggle or whatever you want to call that movie. The third Gamera film in the in the series uh, from 1999. This is by Koatani and it's the uh, end credits. Jamata. Jamata. 